Welcome back to Ascent Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 7. It reads, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives? For a married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for our death. But now we're released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. What then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin came alive and I died. The very commandment that promised life proved to be death for me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh." Sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. No, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me a captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. So Ursula, as we jump in today, we're once again reminded that, hey, this is one continuous thought that Paul has. We've separated into chapters, we're breaking it down into these bite-sized nuggets for us to look at, but Paul's continuing the discussion that we centered our discussion in on yesterday, because that's what Paul was talking about. As we continue now to walk down the road of the progression of his thought, help us to understand how he continues this discussion for our benefit of understanding the battle that we have taking place in our life. Yeah, so let's look down to verse 13. And Paul is continuing throughout this book to ask questions, and I love that. And he said, did that which is good then bring death to me, which... He is talking about the law. And then he says, he answers his own question, doesn't he? By no means. It's not the law bringing death to me. It's my sin and my inability to keep the law. And it says, it was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that why sin might be shown to be sin. And we talked about that last time. We talked about how we don't even recognize sin. Before I came to Christ, I was sinning 
in so many different ways. And I didn't even know I was sinning. But then the law, what does it do? It actually magnifies my sin. It shows me that I'm actually in sin and desperately need a savior. The law, if you look down in verse 14, you know, the law is really, it's spiritual. God's written the law on your heart, he says. It's a spiritual thing. It's on your conscience. But I'm human. I'm in flesh. So the problem isn't the law. It's me. And then he goes down to 15. And then he says, I love this. He says, for I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want to, but I do the very thing I hate. Well, that's really my humanness, how I'm living. Not as a lifestyle of sin. We already said, if you have a consistent lifestyle of sin, you see no victory over sin in your life, you really need to look and see if you are in Christ. But if I am, I'm still going to have occasional sin. I'm still going to do the things I don't want to do. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. And that's when I'm going to start to see this battle, this struggle, because I now actually have a new nature. God's given me a new nature. But I, again, I'm still in this human body. I still have my humanness. I'm still born in Adam. And as long as I'm dwelling on this earth, the Lord will continue to give me that struggle. And that struggle actually is such a wonderful testimony to the fact that the Lord and his spirit dwells inside me. And that's really important for us to understand here, Ursula, because we've heard this phrase too, hey, the struggle is real. Hey, the struggle with sin is real. And the longer and the more mature in your faith you are, the more you understand truly how sinful you are. The more you understand how many places sin is trying to creep itself into in your life. And I remember uh, when I was in seminary thinking through this and walking through this, uh, I heard John MacArthur talking with some people about this and they were asking, you know, hey, what is it about this situation where I am struggling with my sin so much and I, I wonder, am I even saved? And he said, hey, I'm going to stop you right here as you start this discussion because I want you to know if you are struggling with your sin and wondering if you're saved, you're in a great place because it shows that your eyes and your heart have been open to the reality of sin. And that's something that the sinful person who is allowing sin to reign in their life, they don't care about the sin that's in their life. They continue to do that with no ifs, ands, or buts about their decisions. It's just living for themselves. But if you are at a place where you're saying, God, help me with my sin, you are at a great place because you're sensitive to the sin. You're understanding his righteousness, his holiness, his justice, whether or not you're able to say all those things about it. Your sensitivity shows that you realize the reality of those things and your own sinfulness and that that's a problem. And that means that you understand that the only thing that can solve that is Jesus. And so let's continue to walk through this because there's so much here for us to understand. So I love in verse 24, where Paul is really kind of crying out in this whole passage. He seems kind of desperate, doesn't he? And sometimes, I, I mean, I can so relate to that. You know, just this, oh, I get so sick of me and my sin and I struggle and it just grieves me. And I know it grieves the Lord. And look what Paul said. He goes, wretched man that I am. 
he's really talking about being just so exhausted from warring against his sin, from being in battle over it. And he says, but who will deliver me from this body of death? That is so important. Who will deliver me? It's Jesus Christ. And you know, the law really gives me rules without power. That's been the problem with the law. It was always the problem with the law. The law never sanctified. It didn't change the inner heart of man. That is why the Israelites back in the Old Testament had to continually come to the altar to offer sacrifice day after day because they never changed from the inside out. And that's why Jesus had to come. Jesus had to come to live the perfect life that I can't live, but he did it. That's why he had to die on the cross to take the wrath of God that I deserve. And that's why he had to be raised again and seated at the right hand of the Father. And when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit. Why did he send the Holy Spirit? to now indwell in me when I am saved, because that now gives me the power to live unto righteousness, to be free unto righteousness, and to be broken from that bondage and that slavery of sin. I could never stop doing it on my own, and you can't either. There is no willpower that you can muster to do this continually. If you could, you would have already done it. Look at the places in your life where you're really struggling against sin, right? If somebody said, just stop doing that, you would have already done it, right? I would if I could, but there is no way I can. And we all need Jesus Christ. He is the one. He is the answer to that question. Who will deliver me from this body of death? It's only in Christ. And I love how he says in verse 25, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, right? Again, he asks that question in verse 24, and he answers it in 25. And he says, I serve the law of my God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. I still am going to sin. You're still going to struggle because you're in flesh. You're in your body. But thanks be to God. He now gives you the power to deliver you from that bondage of sin. And you've hit on something here that's really big about our struggle, especially in America, especially in Johnson County. We should be able to do this by ourselves, right? But no, we can't. We need God. We need Jesus. Paul recognizes that. I hope today you recognize that as well. The only thing that's going to bring lasting change in your life is Jesus Christ and him taking over your life. I do want to touch on one little question that arises just basically after that last verse you were looking at. Verse 25 talks about these two different laws, the law of God and the law of sin. And we've been comparing and contrasting the law to so many things here through Paul's discussions and his train of thought that he has. Help us to understand how is the law of God different from the law of sin? The law of God versus the law of sin. You know, the... Law of sin is when I am obeying the lusts and the desires of my flesh. It's ruling me. It's lawing over me. It's reigning over me. But the law of God is when I, in my conscious, in my spirit, 
am able to fulfill the law. I am now able to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and my neighbor as myself. I am able to keep those because now I'm under the law of God. And I want to do that because I love Christ. Because I know that he ultimately fulfilled all of Moses' law. He kept it so perfectly, right? I cannot do it. There is nothing in me that would do that. But because now I now see what he's done for me, how he died for me, how he lives and makes intercession for me in my weakness, which we'll talk about in chapter 8, but all that he's done for me, now I want to live for him. I want to live that law of God that he has put in my mind. And I think that's really important for us to understand, Ursula. God didn't just give like the Israelites in Exodus this fake law, but he gave them what was a stamp of what the true fulfillment of the law would look like in Jesus and said, hey, try to do this and realize you can't. You can't love God even in these simple ways. You can't love other people all the time, even in these simple ways. And so then the Israelites took that, they expanded it to so many other laws that they had to try to follow. I think it's hilarious when you think about, uh, there was actually a, a show that came out in 2018 called Living Biblically, where a guy tried to spend a year living according to all of the laws. If you're trying to do that by yourself, you're living in the law of sin. You're trying to check boxes you're a Pharisee, you're doing all of these other things. But if you understand, know the law of God, the spiritual fulfillment of that, when Jesus is able to victoriously live according to what God has commanded, it shows us how the law of God can be in our hearts, because at that point, Jesus is in our hearts. He gives us something that goes against our nature, to be selfless, to be humble, to be others focused because as we've been talking through these last several days we've died to ourselves and now we live according to Christ. And so as you walk through this passage today, maybe you have something else that you're wanting to focus on to say, hey, how can I understand this greater? Maybe it's something about that struggle with Paul and his sin, something else that comes up in this passage. Talk with other people about it. When you begin having these conversations with other people, you're sharpening one another, you're giving greater clarity to that. And even in some ways, as you talk with other people about sin, I bet they're helping you to see how you can have greater victory over sin, or maybe where some areas of spiritual blindness might be in your life. Whatever it is, as you engage in those conversations today, I pray that you're strengthened in your faith, strengthened in your obedience to God, and know today that you were loved. You're-